Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And man, the New York Giants are a bad football team. What we saw last night... Okay, you know what? Let me level with you guys. I'm going to be honest. I did not expect the New York Giants to win that game last night. Sometimes on the show, I put on a happy face. I am a little bit optimistic. I want to have some optimism going into these games. I didn't expect them to win. But I did not expect them to get blown out either. I mean, what an embarrassing, putrid performance by the New York Giants to lose in such devastating fashion on primetime once again. I mean, getting blown out at home is one thing. Getting blown out at home on primetime is another. Getting blown out at home on primetime twice in four weeks is a whole nother thing. I don't know what's going on with this New York Giants team right now. I have a lot of thoughts. We're going to dive into all those thoughts. But before we really dive into those thoughts, one thing that I will say, the Giants did sign Justin Pugh today. We're going to discuss that as well. But this New York Giants team is a mess right now. Again, I, I think that there is just so much to be said about poor performances in every facet of the game. I mean, the offense is just a mess right now. Special teams is a joke. How does Thomas McGahee still have his job as special teams coordinator? Because what we're seeing on the special team side of things, it's ridiculous. And it has been dating all the way back to the preseason. And you can even argue dating back to last season. So I don't know what's going on there and why there's been no solution, no fix to the special team woes. And then you look at the offense last year, so much promise, so many players that were taking steps forward, really improving their game. And they've all regressed to this year. They've all taken massive steps backwards and a lot of the defenders have as well I mean you've got Dexter Lawrence showing up night in night out but outside of him I mean just a mess that's that's really the the one way that I can encompass what I saw last night a mess that is it and we're gonna go ahead and talk about this big steaming hot pile of a mess that is the New York Giants in today's episode but before we dive into all that make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you're new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section if you listen on Apple or Spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants but without further ado Alex I know that you have plenty to say I'm not even gonna ask you how you're doing today because I know it's not good but let me hear some of your thoughts on last night's game my friends, if you're coming to this episode hoping for some positive outlook, you're not going to get it here. Um, I'm going to curse in this episode. I'm going to rant in this episode. It's probably why you're here to begin with. What we saw last night was the equivalent of fucking Chernobyl in the United States. We saw a nuclear reactor explode, and the everlasting effects of that are heinous. The offensive line, I mean, come on, guys. I don't know how Bobby Johnson still has a job today. Seriously, I know I know Brian Dable came out and said that you know they're not firing anybody, they're not getting rid of any personnel. But I don't know how Thomas McGoffey has a job, and I don't know how Bobby Johnson has a job. Evan Neal gave up seven pressures last night. Seven pressures. The 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 special teams unit had six penalties. And for God's sakes, why in the God's green earth is a Dory Jackson fielding punts again? Have we not learned our lesson? We are like the we love just shooting ourselves in the freaking foot. Every single week, we make the same dumbass mistakes, we do the same dumbass things, and then after the game, we say, we have to be better, guys. Daniel Jones, I made a mistake. Brian Dale, we gotta be better. 
Evan Neal, we got to put our best foot forward. I am sick and freaking tired of hearing of the Giants use words and not back it up with action. Words don't mean anything to me anymore. We were so excited going into the season. We were so optimistic. We knew we had a difficult schedule, but we thought we had the talent and the coaching staff to make a good run here and actually have some success. Even if we lost those games and were competitive, at least we say we're in it. We haven't even been in these freaking games. Dallas, 40-0. to zero. Uh, 49ers, 30-12. to 12. Yesterday, 24-3. to 3. We've scored nine first-half points the entire season. Graham Gano has been responsible for all of them. What we're watching is a live-action Amber Heard, Johnny Depp freaking marriage falling apart. This is the worst thing I've seen in my life. And every single week, Anthony, we come back here and say to ourselves, wow, like, that's the worst football game I've ever freaking seen. How is it possible that we see the worst football we've ever seen week in and week out, and they just somehow make it even worse? And Wink Martindale, thanks for telling me to chart every missed tackle. We missed two on the Noah Fant 52-yard freaking run all the way to the one-yard line. We can't tackle. We can't block. Daniel Jones is seeing ghosts again. And, I mean, after the game, Devin Witherspoon, guys, he's a fucking rookie. He's a fucking rookie coming out saying we know he stares down his first receiver. And they pick six him in the five-yard line. Daniel Jones, you sucked. The offensive line, you sucked. You all suck. It's crazy to me that we have to sit here and experience this year in and year out. Every single year we get excited, optimistic. We obviously put out our very exciting podcast episodes, and we get all excited about the team. And then they shoot us in the face every single season. And then you have people out there on social media saying if the Giants find themselves in a position to get Caleb Williams, they should pass on him because of Daniel Jones' freaking contract. I'm going to dive into that later just because that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And the reason for that is, okay, all right, we're going to get into that. I, I, I can't let myself get too crazy for a second here. But, okay, let's start about the analysis on this team, Anthony. The offensive line. Wow. Just, <laughs> I haven't seen an offensive line perform like this in my whole life. You know, I'm 27 years old. I haven't seen football as long as some of you guys have, but I don't know if you've ever seen a team that bad before. They gave up, a le what, 10? 10 sacks? 10 sacks last night. 10 sacks last night. I mean, Seattle's pass rush is good, but they're not that good. Josh Azuda gave up three sacks. Like I said, Neil had seven pressures allowed. Uh, Marcus McKethan gave up multiple sacks. Um, the injuries continue to compound. Without Andrew Thomas at left tackle, I don't know what to say. Shane Lemieux, the fact that he was even in the game. I mean, for God's sake, are we really going to do this again? Are we really going to have this conversation again? Why are we doing these things to ourselves? Why are we trying to lose football games? We know Adoree Jackson should not. Sterling Shepard isn't even playing. He returns punts every single day during practice. Why is Adoree Jackson returning punts? He let two punts hit the ground that rolled 20 freaking yards downfield. Eric Gray. I mean, he's been muffing punts in practice, apparently. If you could teach someone how not to re re receive a punt, diving headfirst at it is the first thing you would tell them not to do. This team has zero discipline. They have no freaking wherewithal of where they are in the football field at any given moment. Wandale Robinson was wide open on a freaking on a freaking out route about 20 yards downfield, and for some reason, Daniel Jones rolls out of the pocket in the first time he's had a pocket all game. Clean pocket, rolls out anyway. Why? Because he doesn't trust the offensive line to maintain themselves. He is totally screwed, guys. Daniel Jones, any potential that he ever had is gone. It's out the window. He is absolutely done because the offensive line is not getting better. We just lost John Michael Schmitz to a shoulder injury. Who knows how long he's going to be out? Andrew Thomas re-aggravated his hamstring injury. Guys, 
The truth is, Daniel Jones is not the future of this team because the offensive line will never give him a chance to actually compound on any growth. And that's been the case his entire career. So at this point in time, the Giants are 1-3. They're going to lose to Miami. They're going to lose to the Bills, most likely. And if that's the case, we're right in the conversation of talking about a freaking quarterback draft. And that is not where I thought we were going to be this year, guys. And we are paying Daniel Jones a lot of money to not make the same mistakes he made when he was a rookie. So, Anthony, I'll let you get in here because I can keep going for a very long time, but I got I to gotta breathe a little bit. Yeah, so I'm happy that I can finally grab the mic for a second, get some thoughts. And you said some really important things there that I do want to touch on because John Michael Schmidt's injury, that's a big one. Now, the the clarifying factor here is that John Michael Schmitz was not hurt on a normal football play. He was hurt doing the tush push. Now, here's the wild part about the failed tush push that the New York Giants had on that fourth and one. First of all, it was bad enough that they didn't convert the first down. But this is going to make it way worse. If you haven't heard this yet, Giants fans, brace yourself because you're about to have your blood boil. Brian Dable says the Giants only ever walked through the tush-push play, but never actually practiced it live. He says both John Michael Schmitz and Daniel Bellinger got injured on that play too. A play that the Giants never practiced live, according to Pat Leonard of the Daily News. So Brian Dable has his team going out there and running plays that they've never even practiced. Just plays that they've watched happen on Sunday Night Football or Thursday Night Football, whenever they they watch the Eagles do it, they just decided, okay, we're going to run that one day without ever practicing it. You practice these things so that these players know how to execute the play properly. They clearly didn't because they failed, and they know how to execute the play without injuring themselves, which, again, they didn't know how to do because they've never ran the play before in their lives. A mind-blowing decision by not only Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, Everyone involved with calling that play that they've never actually practiced. I mean, it's fourth and one. You can run a million different plays to get that first down. Yeah, they went with the tush push because it's been so effective for the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles offensive line is one thing. The New York Giants offensive line is another. They're not even comparable. You can't just assume that because the Eagles have such success with that play, you're going to waltz out there and have the same success without even practicing the goddamn play. I don't know what the hell that kind of decision was. And here's the other thing that I want to bring up here. And I'm going to preface this by saying, I am still a Brian Dable believer. I still love Brian Dable. He was the coach of the year for a reason. If the Giants turn things around this season, it it's all credit to Brian Dable. No matter what happens to the Giants this season, if they don't win another game, I don't think Brian Dable should be fired. He should remain the head coach of the New York Giants. But he does deserve a lot of criticism right now. Because here's what's happening, Giants fans. You have a lot of fans saying... Offensive coordinator Mike Kafka is terrible sinking the offense. Defensive coordinator Wink Martindale is terrible. The team keeps missing tackles. It's a mess. Special teams coordinator Thomas McGahee is also terrible. He can't get his unit to function properly. Well, there's one guy who's supposed to oversee all three of those coordinators, and it's the head coach. Goes head coach, and then those three coordinators, and then all the assistants underneath those guys. So if all three coordinators in every facet of the sport of football for the New York Giants are not performing well, what does that say about head coach Brian Dable? I'm not sure. Again, no matter what, he's not getting fired in my eyes. I still believe in Brian Dable. But we got to hold everybody accountable, even our favorite players, our favorite coaches, the guys we believe in. Brian Dable is not doing a good job right now, and he needs to turn it around. I need Brian Dable to step up to the podium and say, I'm doing a shit job. I have to turn this around and show you guys why I was the coach of the year last year. That's just plain and simple. Brian Dable knows that. He's been saying that. He's been saying he's not doing a good enough job. But 
we don't need to just keep shouldering all the blame onto Mike Kafka, onto Thomas McGee, onto McMartindale. These coordinators, yeah, they suck right now, but so does Brian Dable. So does Daniel Jones. So does the offensive line. Everybody sucks right now. And Brian Dable, I, I will put a positive spin on it. He would be the only reason that I could see the New York Giants improving at any point this year. He would be the guy that I think can pull them out of this mess maybe next year. But right now, he's not being that guy. And that's why he was head coach of the year is because he was that guy last year. And so I don't know what the problem is, but Brian Dable is part of the problem right now. Uh, the, everybody is part of the problem right now. The Giants have an endless list of problems. Now, I haven't even discussed Daniel Jones yet. I'm kind of afraid to dive into the Daniel Jones conversation because I don't have a lot of positive things to say about Daniel Jones, and I don't think that the offensive line is nearly as big of an excuse as most people do. So I'm going to start touching on that right now, Alex. So brace yourselves, Giants fans. Please don't murder me. But Daniel Jones is playing awful football. Yes, his offensive line is also playing awful football. But to say that Daniel Jones is not playing well only because the offensive line is so bad is not accurate. Daniel Jones is playing bad because of himself as well, because he is not a good player right now. That's not That doesn't mean that he never will be a good player, and it mean, doesn't mean he's never been a good player in the past, but right now, Daniel Jones does suck at the sport of football. That pick six that he threw to Devon Witherspoon should have never happened. He had Darren Waller in the back of the end zone. It was a low-high read. He took his first read, and he threw it. He didn't even go to the second read. And then there was a third read that was also open. If he threw the second route to the flat, he had Wondell Robinson for a walk-in. So there was multiple opportunities on that play to score six points and at the end of the day the only thing that you can't do is throw that interception even if he missed those reads fine so be it drop to the floor and take the sack the sack there would have been better than the interception forcing the throw into the flat because it's your first read and you just knew it would be open but it wasn't and for what it's worth the pocket on that play was clean. There were clean pockets in this game. There were opportunities for Daniel Jones to make throws, to make big-time plays. He missed them, like nearly every single one of them, and he failed this team. The offensive line failed him. He failed his offensive line. The offensive line sucks for the majority of the plays, but the few plays where they are good, the margin for error with this team is so small that if Daniel Jones doesn't capitalize on those opportunities, they are going to lose every single game, and that's what you're seeing right now. So Daniel Jones has to be better. It's not just the offensive line it's the quarterback as well he's missing reads how about there was a second down play Wandale Robinson left the game with an injury for a brief amount of time because on that second down play Daniel Jones immediately threw it out into the flat Robinson got popped incomplete on that play, if you notice, the cornerback bailed on the sideline route. Jalen Hyatt was streaking up the left sideline wide open. When did we see this? Week one versus Dallas. Daniel Jones made the same wrong read, bad throw, pick six Dallas had when Isaiah Hodgins was streaking up the left sideline. So this isn't even like a one-time mistake. This is a pattern. He made the same mistake in week one and resulted in a pick six. He made the same mistake in week four a month later, and it resulted in one of his players getting banged up. Daniel Jones is playing bad football. He needs to be better. He's not reading the field properly how about the second interception not the pick six but the second one he stands in that pocket guys that's a clean pocket he just held on to the ball too long when you know that pressure is coming you got to get the ball out quick he had a throw over the middle of the field he waited too long he didn't anticipate it breaking open he waited for the pressure to get there then he threw up a duck in the middle of the field and it was easily interception or intercepted Daniel Jones is missing a lot of these opportunities as you mentioned Alex Wandale Robinson wide open on the right sideline doing jumping jacks midway through the play and Daniel Jones doesn't see him 
it's a field vision issue. He's not anticipating players getting open. He's not seeing the field. There are so many problems here that extend beyond the offensive line. It's not just on Evan Neal. However bad he is, and believe me, guys, he is fucking terrible. Evan Neal is a bust. He looks worse than Eric Flowers ever looked for the New York Giants. I understand that, but Daniel Jones still needs to be better. Both things can be true. Both players can be playing bad football. Josh Azidu, I mean, he's in a tough spot. He needs to be better. John Michael Schmitz gets knocked out of the game on a play that the Giants never practiced. Like I said, it's a fundamental problem. Like, you're seeing mistakes from every level of this team, even up into the front office. They should have done more to upgrade the offensive line this offseason. They should have added more depth there. And one other thing, Alex, that I do want to briefly touch on that not a lot of people are talking about, you mentioned it to me last night in text, Trey Hawkins was benched for his lack of uh, effort in last week's game. I don't really understand the decision. I think that Trey Hawkins should have been out there at least some point in this game. I know that he needed some sort of punishment for his lack of effort, but I don't know. You just look at this team. Adoree Jackson was getting picked on all game long, but with Tyler Lockett, just put your best players on the field and try and win a fucking football game. That's how I feel. I don't give a fuck. I I don't care about Trey Hawkins and his lack of effort. Let's go try and win some football games. That's how I feel. This New York Giants team has me, my blood boiling, has me at a point that I didn't think I would be at at any point this season, and I'm almost started to lose words to to put together here for this team. I don't know what to say. It's been years and years of this, and they're not getting better. They got better for a year, and now they're immediately 10 times worse than they've ever been. I don't know what to make of it, Alex. I'll let you get your chance. Go on your next rant and talk about this team. But like I said, man, it's not just the offensive line. The problems extend way beyond the offensive line. Like, Daniel Jones needs to be better. The receivers need to make more plays. The coaching staff, from Brian Dable all the way down to Bobby Johnson, Everybody needs to be better. There's not one person to blame. Everyone deserves a share of the blame. And this is a large, huge mess that the New York Giants, I don't know if they can clean up during this season. Honestly, dude, I think that Andrew Thomas going down in week one like was the end of our season, straight up. Like him going down catapulted this team to the bottom of the barrel because you see like Josh Azuda has some potential, but this is his first year ever playing left tackle. The truth is I feel bad for the guy. He sat in his locker after yesterday's performance and just stared at the locker. Like, he didn't, he didn't even know what to do. Um, these guys lack confidence in themselves. You know, this isn't – look, you referenced the coaching, and uh, the, the point I will make about that is that Wink Martindale isn't missing tackles. You know what I mean? Uh, Mike Kafka isn't blocking on the offensive line. Thomas McGoffey, yeah, I think the, those those penalties are more so on him because his unit lacks discipline. You know what I mean? Holding penalties, running into the kicker, unnecessary roughness, that's on Thomas McGoffey. That is not on the players at times because he needs to put discipline in those guys. It's about technique. But when it comes to the other guys, they're just bad players. You know what I mean? The offensive line, they're just bad players. Evan Neal's a bad player. Marcus McKethan is not a good player. Um, Shane Lemieux was a bad player. Josh Zudu was a bad left tackle. Um, and I feel bad for Josh Zudu because he was put in a really tough spot. You know, Matt Parrott was supposed to be the guy that backed up Andrew Thomas, but he's not. Josh Zudu was put into a starting left tackle position where he's never played in the NFL. And I think that he actually has upside, but he's just too, it's just too soon. It's like you, you, throw, you throw a guy into the fire that's not ready, of course he's going to get burned. You know what I mean? Um, but when it comes to Daniel Jones, I'll say this. And I've been, I've been coming to his defense the last couple weeks. But I no longer can. I no longer can, guys, because we're seeing him make the same mistakes as as we have for years. The same mistakes. And for what it's worth, I'll say this. Like I said early in the episode, the offensive line has never been good during Daniel Jones' entire tenure as a giant. He was never even given a chance to develop. It is too late for him to get there. 
it's too late. You know what I mean? This offensive line is not going to be very good this year. It, ca- it can't be, right? If JMS misses time, Vander Thomas is still injured, you know, Evan Neal still continues to stink, this team is not going to have a good offensive line. Daniel Jones is not going to play well this year. The offensive line is going to hurt him once again. Um, and Andrew Thomas going down started the compounding nature of the negatives of what we're experiencing now. <clears throat> let alone the injuries to Bredesen in, in week two, and then obviously missing week three, and then JMS going down now, It's and Daniel Bellinger, like, and then Waller. Like, why isn't Waller just being fed on these shorter concepts? You know, why isn't he the hot read on some of these plays? I, and look, Wandel Robinson, for what it's worth, I love the kid. He's a stud. He's going to be a great player for this team long term. Big fan of Wandel Robinson. He showed up yesterday. But why is it that Waller is not a bigger part of this offense? You know, why are they not scheming him the football? He doesn't have to run crazy long routes. Throw him the ball in a place where only he can get it. He's bigger than all of those defensive backs out there. Leverage that. Um, The one thing I'll say about Daniel Jones, and which he has done very rarely over the past couple years, he does not throw with anticipation. He does not throw runners open. He is not that type of quarterback. Guys have to be open for him to hit them. Um, and that's what I've seen. That interception you referenced that, that floated to the middle of the field like a duckling that was shot out of the sky, you know, that was a throw he should have made earlier. Bobby Johnson, or Bobby Wagner was standing there right where the throw was supposed to go, and Daniel Jones held onto the ball for so long, so long. You have to throw that with some anticipation that your receiver is coming around. Bobby Wagner is standing there. Still, the receiver is running behind him. Float that thing right alongside by what? Right after Bobby Wagner, right upfield a little bit. A good quarterback throws that ball with anticipation, makes that throw. Wandell Robinson screaming up and down. And this is what opposing defensive backs are saying about Daniel Jones. He either stares down his first read or, we, or he's too scared to throw it beyond the sticks, right? We saw that exactly. Both of those examples we saw on the football field last night, right? The pick six stared down his first receiver. If you watch that clip again, oh my God, he was like a freaking laser beaming Paris Campbell, laser beaming him. That was completely on Daniel Jones. The pocket was okay. He didn't have to make that premature throw. Uh, Darren Waller, if he if he flings that thing right over, Darren Waller's got a huge wingspan. That's an easy touchdown. It wasn't even a fantasy game. I needed 16 points from Daniel Jones and Darren Waller, and they got me like 10. Like, for God's sakes, I swear to God, I'm never starting a Giants player again this season. Can't can't justify it. Uh, it's sad. It's freaking embarrassing that, that you can't score 16 points to win this game for me. Um, but it's tough, right? So, and then the, the Wondell Robinson play. He's not, like, his line of vision is the guy in front of him, the receiver in front of him at the sticks, and then Wondell behind him. Wondell is, like you said, doing jumping jacks, running around, screaming, waving his hands in the air, and Daniel Jones doesn't see him, but he's directly in his line of vision. I don't know. Good quarterbacks, good quarterbacks see that. No, I, I don't know what to say. Like D- Daniel Jones, yes, he's screwed because the offensive line is never going to give him a chance to develop. But he's screwed times two because he's also not playing well because he's also not standing tall when the pocket is okay and not making the right throws. He's not seeing the right guys. He's making bad decisions. He's hurting the team more than helping them. I mean, for goodness sake, like you see other teams. Geno Smith had multiple backups in, but they moved the ball. Drew Locke came in and scored a touchdown on his first drive. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to say. Daniel Jones is playing poorly. The offensive line is playing poorly. And this is why a lot of people know that Saquon Barkley is an important factor on this team. But the truth is, guys, you could have a conversation that Saquon Barkley is, like, indispensable. Like, he's the guy that, like, makes this offense run. But even if Saquon Barkley plays in this game, my friends, the Giants still lose. You know what I mean? Saquon Barkley isn't making this team a great team. Saquon Barkley isn't even making this team a good team. He's just making them not it is an, as much of an embarrassment as we have seen. So, like, that's that's the truth. Is like 
Saquon is, is great and, and he's amazing, but this team has so many more issues that he cannot fix. And the offensive line is the paramount issue. Um, now, I just don't really know where to go from here. I don't know what happens now because Miami's going to kick the living crap out of us. We probably won't have Thomas again, and if we do, he's going to be limited. JMS, I don't know. Um, their offense is going to kill us. Buffalo just beat Miami. They're going to kill us. They're going to kick the living crap out of us. We can't win at MetLife. Like, our home stadium is the worst place that we play. Why? Because when we play away, our own fans aren't booing us, right? <laughs> like, they're not getting booed by their own fans. In MetLife Stadium, the Giants get booed by their own fans more than I think anyone else boos them in, in history, anywhere. You know what I mean? The Giants fans boo them, and rightfully so. I'm saying that I agree with it. you got to boo a team that looks like this, a boo a team that's this bad. Um but the way forward is, is murky, my friends. Turbulent waters ahead. I don't know how you come back from this. I think the season is already a wrap. Like, I know that's doom and gloom, but I don't know how you return from this. I really don't. I don't I don't know how you recover from a one in three start looking like this. And then you're gonna lose to Miami, you're gonna lose to the Buffalo, you're gonna be one in five. There's no coming back from this, guys. There's no coming back. Um now. The fact that I'm already thinking about 2024 draft prospects is concerning. And once again, we're in the same boat. I don't know what it is with the Giants that they draft, they, 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 they hire head coaches. They're great the first year, and the second year they're terrible. I think opposing defenses just know how to know how to deal with uh, Daniel Jones in this offense, right? Last year, a lot of bootleg action really got creative to hide a lot of uh, deficiencies on this team. Uh, but now they know. They drive on the initial, they, they drive on the reads. They drive on the, the short concepts. Um, and they pressure the quarterback, and it's a wrap. You can beat Daniel Jones and the Giants very easily that way. So, you know, Anthony, when you're looking at the situation that we have right now and looking at Daniel Jones, this contract that he has, um, let's talk about what this means for the Giants in terms of the future. The offensive line isn't getting better, in my opinion. I think they're going to be really bad the rest of this year. Daniel Jones is going to struggle with them. After this season ends, what is your what is your mentality like? You know, what are you thinking about this team? Do you reinforce the offensive line and hope DJ you know, kind of climbs back here. Are you starting to think that maybe like a quarterback is actually in play? And like, that's a situation that we may have to face. Cause guys, that's like, that's actually reality right now. We have to be thinking about the fact that we may end up drafting a quarterback next year. Cause this team is so far and you may as well just restart that rookie window and a quarterback and let him compete with DJ for one year and then cut DJ. Like that's really where we're headed. That might be dramatic, but I don't really think it is at this point in time based on the, what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking me what I envision for this team's future, um, I'm not a fortune teller. I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't know. But if I had to take a guess and give you my opinions and my thoughts on what's going to happen at the end of the year, I cannot imagine that if the New York Giants land a top three to five overall pick that they don't draft a quarterback. And there's one telling moment from last night that really screams out to me that the New York Giants will draft a quarterback if they find themselves in that situation. And it's pretty much every moment that you saw on the sideline with Brian Davis and Daniel Jones. Brian Dable looks like he's just about had it with Daniel Jones's shit. That's what he looks like. Daniel Jones walks off the field after an interception, blows right past Brian Dable while he's trying to speak to him. Looks like Daniel Jones has had it with Brian Dable at this point. The relationship, I don't want to speculate too much. I'm sure it's fine, but it looks at least a little bit fractured. At least that's how it looked yesterday on the sideline. And then you have Brian Dable going over to Daniel Jones with a tablet, wants to break down some film with him. Daniel Jones doesn't even look up at him, doesn't listen. So Brian Dable just throws the tablet 
tablet to the side on the lap of another trainer or uh, assistant coach. Brian Dable has clearly had enough, okay? Brian Dable knows that there are plays out there for the taking that Daniel Jones is missing. So if the Giants do wind up with a top five pick, I have to imagine that Brian Dable is going to want a quarterback to wipe the slate clean with. And again, it's not even Daniel Jones's fault 100% here. Daniel Jones had to live with bad offensive line play for each of the last four seasons, and now entering his fifth season, it's only gotten worse. It's not his fault that he didn't develop, guys. Like, I always believed in Daniel Jones. I love Daniel Jones. I, going into the season, I said he's my favorite player on this team. Nobody wanted to see him succeed more than I did. I wanted to see this man turn himself into an MVP candidate, but it's not going to happen. And the reality of it is, He's been broken. We saw it with Derek Carr a couple years ago. This happens to quarterbacks. I, I would even argue that you're seeing it right now with Russell Wilson. He's not what he used to be after years of bad coaching and bad offensive line play. This is what happens. Quarterbacks break. They get stuck in their ways. They have bad coaching teach them bad habits that they can't shake off. This is what's happened with Daniel Jones. It's an unfortunate reality, but I do think that the New York Giants could benefit from having a new moldable piece of clay that hasn't had five different hands molded together in the past. You know, I, I, that's what probably what Brian Dable's thinking right now, what he's looking for I, at the end of the season, at least he probably will be. If the Giants are in that position in striking range to get that quarterback, I think Dable's going to say, I want a nice big moldable piece of clay that I can make my own. I want to form my own quarterback here with my own tools and traits and my own set of coaching from the start of his career to the end of his career. That's what I want. I don't want this pre-owned, used, washed up quarterback like a Daniel Jones, who's already had three offensive coordinators before me, who's already had three head coaches before me, who's had all of this mess um, and just all of these problems baked into him. I think Brian Dable is going to get to the point at the end of the year, if this continues on, on this trend, he's going to want to find himself a new quarterback that's a brand new, fresh slate for him to work with, like he had with Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen and him, it took a couple years. The coaching scheme wasn't proper um, for the first couple seasons of, of Josh Allen's career, but then once they worked together after a few seasons with that moldable piece of clay, I mean, Brian Dable sculpted a beautiful statue there in Buffalo, and now everybody's watching Josh Allen continue to be an MVP candidate year in and year out. So I think that's what Brian Dable's going to want to look for at the end of the year. So if you're asking me, do I think the Giants are going to be in play for a quarterback? If this continues, they continue to play this poorly, absolutely, they will be in play for a quarterback. And will they actually take one? Will Daniel Jones prevent them from taking one? No, I do not think that Daniel Jones will prevent this team from taking a quarterback. And I do think that Brian Dable will want the, the front office to take a quarterback prospect if they have the opportunity to. Now, what do I want? <laughs> Let me give my opinion, opinion, my take on this. Well, like I said, guys, I love Daniel Jones, but I love the New York Giants more than Daniel Jones. I love this team more than I love any individual player. I want this team to succeed, and I don't want them just to succeed for one season, win a playoff game, and get knocked out in the divisional round. I want this team to go on and win Super Bowls. I want them to be a dominant force in the NFC, in the NFL, for years and years. Do I envision that happening with Daniel Jones? Unfortunately, no, because he's a broken quarterback. He's had bad coaching for seasons. He's had bad offensive line play for seasons, and unfortunately, it stunted his growth and his development and caused the regression that I don't think I've ever seen from a quarterback. This is worse than the Derek Carr situation. So I don't think that Daniel Jones can come back from this. I'd love to see him come back from this, but honestly, he might need a change of scenery. Maybe he goes to Atlanta. Maybe he goes to the Steelers. You know, maybe he goes elsewhere and he has a career re revival and resurgence, kind of like Kirk Cousins had when he left Washington for Minnesota. Maybe that's possible, but I just don't see it working out here long-term with Daniel Jones anymore because he's had so much wear and tear and he's had his 
development and his growth stunted so badly that I don't think he can come back from it. Now, I hope he proves me wrong, guys. I hope Daniel Jones turns into an elite MVP quarterback by the end of the season, but I don't envision it happening. And that's just my opinion. That's my take on it. I hope I'm wrong. But I do think that the Giants are going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. And if they're not in the Williams sweepstakes, Drake May, um, the kid out of Michigan, there's going to be quarterback prospects that Brian Dable is going to salivate over because of their tools and their strengths and their weaknesses. It's it's going to happen. And, and I think it's just an unfortunate reality that Giants fans, you got to start bracing yourself for. We're, we're going to start talking about the draft soon. I hate that we're going to start, start talking about the draft in the month of October. This is a nightmare situation for me, but we are going to have to start talking about the draft soon, Alex. I know we do it every year. Last year, we didn't have to do it. <clears throat> Instead, we were talking about playoff expectations. It's not going to be the case this season. It's going to suck. Another shitty year as a New York Giants fan, but hey, Maybe the future gets brighter once we make this great draft pick in April. I don't know. But right now, where I'm sitting at with this New York Giants team, like I've said a million times, it's a ginormous, steaming hot mess, and there are so many problems that you can't even pack them into a 30-minute episode. You just can't. There's just so much that we probably haven't even covered, and we're going to finish recording this episode, Alex, and we're going to say, God damn it, we forgot to talk about this problem and that problem and this problem. There's just so goddamn many of them for the New York Giants. I don't even know how you can cover them all in one single podcast episode, so... Yeah, that's, you asked me what I think the future of this team holds. That's my take on it. But Alex, I mean, if you got anything positive left to say or really just any other takeaways, any other problems that you want to point out before we wrap this, I'd love to hear them. And I don't know, what do you think goes, what do you think happens here with the New York Giants? Like, where do we go from here? That's my question. Where do we go from here for the 2023 season? You show some fight, man. Um, I, I, I think right now we are looking at a situation where if we lose the next two games, we're talking about fire selling some of the guys on expiring contracts here. That's what we're that's what we're facing. Um, we're looking at guys like Xavier McKinney. We're looking at guys like Dory Jackson. We're looking at guys like Dexter Lawrence, uh, not Dexter Lawrence. Sorry, uh, Leonard Williams. Those three guys, um, you fire sell them. You know, you you say to other teams, "Do you need these players? Uh, we'll take their salaries. You give us draft picks." Like that's where we're looking right now. We're, we're looking at literally offloading people um, to prepare for the future, but. In terms of before then, you have to go into Miami and actually compete, right? Easier said than done. The Giants are bad. Miami is good. Uh, the Giants defense, there were a couple of players I liked last night. Kayvon Thibodeau, two sacks, four pressures. Good game from him. Dexter Lawrence, four pressures. Another good game from Dexie. Uh, Micah McFadden remains good player. Like, he's playing much better lately. I like him. Bobby Okereke, 50% of the time, he looks like a monster, and 50% of the time, he looks like a liability. Um, very weird player. I, I, I really like him. He's a great leader, a great guy. Um, but f- half the time, he's a, a questionable player. Um, but at 50%, he's, he's fine. Uh, in the secondary, Dory Jackson, I, I hate to say it, but he kind of looks washed to me. Um, tackling, bad. Uh, coverage, bad. I'd rather just see Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins play every single snap moving forward. I don't even really care to see a Dory Jackson anymore. I think he's probably um, going to be traded off this team to a team that needs a, a cornerback. That's per- that's my personal take. Um, Xavier McKinney, I haven't seen much from him. Haven't seen him do much. The Giants still don't have a takeaway this season. Uh, what else? Uh, interior offensive line, uh, Leonard Williams had two pressures. Again, $32 million cap hit, not enough. Aziz Ojolari had a couple of decent moments. I saw him make some plays. So, okay there. But um, Cordell Flott had a nice open field tackle. Again, too many missed tackles, though. Uh, it, it's just not good across the board. 
Um, offensively, like I said, so it seems Wondell Robinson and Jalen Hyatt have taken a much bigger role in this team. Isaiah Hodgins and Paris Campbell's snap counts did decrease. They had some big plays drawn up for Darren Waller and some explosive plays for Jalen Hyatt. They just couldn't get the, the progression, couldn't get the read, couldn't get the protection for Daniel Jones. So we know they want to do these things. We know they want to take shots. They just don't have the time in the pocket for Daniel Jones to actually leverage them. So that's unfortunate. Uh, what else is there? I mean... You know, these injuries to Bellinger is really bad. JMS, really, really tough. Uh, again, I'd rather see Sterling Shepard return punts than Adore Jackson or Eric Gray moving forward. And, yeah, I mean, right now, like, really all we have is moral victories um, in the future. I don't think that we can beat Miami. I don't think we can beat Buffalo. I don't even think we can beat the Jets, to be quite honest. I think their defense is going to tear us apart. So um, I think that ultimately right now we're sitting here looking at the Giants and saying, can you just put anything together that resembles a competent football team, right? A competent football team. Seattle, that was a winnable game for us. Like, we, we could have won that game. It was it was 14-3 to at halftime. Like, we've, we could have come back and won that game, but we, we just didn't play well at all. And this has been a, a recurring theme. That second half against Arizona... I don't know. It was an anomaly. That's all I can. That's all I can cough it up as, guys. It's an anomaly. I, I don't think that we can replicate that, especially with our offensive line that playing the way it is. Um, I think that we played a lot of play action second half against Arizona. They were not ready for it. They did not play well against it, and we leveraged it. But now teams know we're going to run the play action, the bootleg. They're going to stop us. You know, we've, we've seen Daniel Jones run straight into unblocked players multiple times because of the bootleg, um, because teams are are sending extra pass rushers because they know they can man up with us in coverage and hold it down. Seattle's defense had one of the worst passing grades going into this game, passing uh, defense grades, and we got – I mean, they, they look like they were unstoppable, right? Two interceptions, a pick six, a fumble, obviously, on the back end. Uh, right now, I have no faith in this team, personally. I don't know about you guys. If you have any optimism left, I have no faith in this team, and mainly because the offensive line is still awful. I don't think, I don't think Andrew Thomas is going to be healthy for the most part this year. That hamstring injury is going to be a re-aggravated. He re-aggravated it last week already. So right now, I just don't know what to say. Um, you know, I'm just hoping for any sort of positive positivity. But again, like, I'm numb to this. This is the fourth season in a row, guys, that you've been with us. And this is the fourth season we're having the same conversation. So, you know, this is nothing, this is nothing out of the ordinary for us Giants fans. Like, we are in it together. But I'll tell you what, uh, there is a brighter future if we can make the right decisions but I just don't know if the Giants are capable of making the right decision sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know if I just don't know if they like are willing to sacrifice what it takes to do what needs to be done. And right now we're seeing them make the same mistakes over and over again. And when, you know, the definition of crazy, of insane, is doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. And that's what the Giants do year in and year out. You know, we don't make many changes to the offensive line at times. Uh, you still keep trodden out Evan Neal there. When Andrew Thomas comes back, my friends. Evan Neal should be riding the freaking bench, if not working in at right guard. That's that's my take. I don't think he's going to be a left, a right tackle or a tackle at all in this league ever. I don't think he's got it. He's too slow. He doesn't react fast enough. We saw him block Darren Waller by accident yesterday, for God's sakes. Um, he gets beat on speed rushes. He gets beat on power. He gets beat everywhere. He, he's, a, he's a liability. The Giants this season, by the end of this season, I don't think Evan Neal is going to be starting a right tackle for us anymore. Um, I think we might even have Justin Pugh starting a right tackle for us, and he's on the practice squad right now. I think that's where we're headed, my friends. We're headed toward Justin Pugh starting at right tackle that's how bad it's gotten so you know i'll let you wrap up with this anthony pew i like the addition depth uh we need help there on the offensive line how do you think he can make an impact here uh definitely he's going to need a couple weeks to learn the playbook yeah i mean he's probably just depth um I, he 
they probably don't want to see him on the football field, but considering the status of the New York Giants offensive line, the poor performances, and the slew of injuries that they continue to endure, I wouldn't be shocked at all if we do see Justin Pugh play in the regular season for the New York Giants. Not ideal. You don't want to see him mid-season practice squad pickup, get regular season playing time. But for Pugh, if he's healthy and he's ready to go out there and compete, I think you got to let him because, again, the offensive line is garbage. There's nobody playing well on this line right now. Um, and additionally, the offensive line is battered with injuries. So I think that they're going to get to a point where too many injuries, too many poor performances, and they're going to have to start throwing in these veteran guys like a Pugh just to go out there and give you something decent. Um, and that's really the most that you can ask for. Now, what, what, I, what I will be curious about, though, is if Pugh enters the lineup and he just looks trash, right? Like he just enters the lineup and looks terrible. Is it Justin Pugh or is it something more, right? Is it Giants coaching? Is it poor communication up front on the offensive line? Because we know Justin Pugh has been with the Arizona Cardinals for the last five years. Is a solid player. is more than capable of holding his own. So if he goes out there and he just can't hold his own, I'm not going to sit here and bash Justin Pugh and say he looks like trash. I'm going to say there is a real bad deep-seated problem in this New York Giants offense that isn't exclusive to the offensive linemen. I think it's uh, it's going to become a conversation about the offensive line coach, maybe about the quarterback and how he calls protections. We know that he blew a protection that resulted in a sack yesterday that did happen. There was a blitz off the left side. He didn't slide the protection that way, missed it. And he also had a player wide open in the flat. And Daniel Jones sacked himself on that play. These things do happen, and they're not just on the offensive line. Don't get me wrong. The offensive line, it effing sucks. They're terrible. But there are more problems at play with the uh, the protection up front than just the talent of the offensive linemen. So when Justin Pugh does inevitably enter the lineup, that's really what I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Does he just stink ungodly level of stinkage coming from Pugh? I'm not going to say P-U-Pew. Pugh. I'm going to say P-U to the Giants offensive linemen and our offensive line coach and the quarterback, like everything. I think it's a more nuanced conversation. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But as we look ahead here for the rest of this regular season, I will be at the game next week. So if you're in the Miami Dolphins Stadium, um, come say hello to me. I'll probably be in the back with double shot of tequila on rocks, crying myself to sleep in the middle of the stadium because the Giants make me so depressed. But if you see me, come say hello. Um, and from there on forward, I'm just going to keep pushing through this regular season. And I hope that the New York Giants prove me wrong, turn it around, that Daniel Jones becomes an MVP. But that's not very likely. So... With that, I guess I will bid you all to do it. Just say the New York Giants, they're not a good football team right now, and I'm sad about it. I know you're all sad about it. But uh, we're going to be here still to give you all your New York Giants content and keep talking about how bad our team is right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topic down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one. And... Let's go Giants.